The gloom of the tunnel soaked through his skin and into his veins. He wanted to scream out in pain, but the darkness choked him. He would have given almost anything for just one glimpse of the sun. The party limped along slowly, painfully, suspiciously preoccupied by the worries they all shared, but no one spoke aloud. Even Ryford, by far the most hardened of the group, seemed to hunch down under the weight of the situation. This general despair was just one of the reasons they didn't detect the scores of rats until they were almost on top of them. Even Ryford could not distinguish the smell of rats in a place reeking of rats. The bats couldn't sense them in the narrow tunnel as they approached the increasingly loud river. The humans could see nothing in the gloom. Ryford led them out of the tunnel into a huge cavern divided by a deep canyon. A wide, powerful river ran through it. A swinging bridge spanned the river. It must have been made with combined efforts of several species in better times. Thick silk woven by the spiders supported thin slats of stone cut by humans. They must have needed the bat's flying abilities, too, to build such a bridge. When Gregor shone his flashlight up to see how the bridge was secured, he caught sight of them. Twenty rats sitting motionless on the rocks above the opening to the tunnel, right above their heads, waiting. Run, Ryford yelled, and literally snapped his teeth at Gregor's heels. Gregor stumbled forward onto the bridge and began to cross, his feet slipping on the worn stone flats. He could feel Ryford's hot breath on his neck. Henry and Lux were flying ahead of him, jetting across the river. He was halfway across when he remembered Boots wasn't on his back. She had been with him so continually on the journey, he had just begun to think of them as insufferable, but now she was on temp. Gregor turned abruptly to go back. Ryford, as if anticipating just this move, spun Gregor forward and snagged the backpack with his teeth. Gregor felt himself lifted in the air as Ryford ran flat out for the far side of the river. Boots, yelled Gregor, boots. Ryford moved like lightning as he reached the opposite bank. He dumped Gregor on the ground and joined Lux and Henry, who were frantic, frantically trying to had, hack through the silk ropes supporting the bridge. Gregor aimed his flashlight and saw that Gox was about three-quarters of the way across. Behind her, carrying her sister, Temp struggled along with Boots. Between Boots and the 20 killer rats that were now streaming across the bridge, there was only Tick. Boots, Gregor screamed, and dove back for the bridge. Ryford's tail caught him across the chest and flung him back onto the ground, knocking the wind from him. He gasped, trying to fill his lungs, then got to his knees and crawled toward the bridge. He had to help her. He had to. Gox zipped off the bridge and began to snap threads with her jaws. No, coughed Gregor. My sister. He pulled up to his feet just in time to catch another blow from Ryford's tail. The roaches were within 10 feet from the, of the bank when the rats caught up with them. There was no discussion be between them. It was as if the bugs had worked out this whole scenario long ago. Mm -hmm. Temp put on a burst of speed for the end of the bridge, and Tick turned to face down the army of rats alone. As they bounded at her, Tick flew directly into the face of the lead rat, causing it to startle back into surprise. Until that moment, Gregor hadn't even realized the roaches had wings. Maybe the rats didn't know either, but it didn't take them long to recover. The lead rat sprang forward and crushed Tick's head in its jaws. Temp collapsed on the bank just as the bridge gave way. Twenty rats, the leader still holding Tick in its teeth, plunged into the river below. And as if this sight wasn't horrific enough, the water churned as enormous piranha-like fish surfaced and fed on the screaming rats. In a minute, it was all over. The water ran smoothly. The rats had vanished, and Tick was gone forever. Chapter 22, Gregor the Overlander. Gregor opened his mouth to scream. No, just as Ryford's eyes flickered. Henry was behind the rat. All Ryford could have seen was the expression on Gregor's face, but it was enough. In the split second Henry drove the blade down, Ryford flipped onto his back and slashed his terrible claws. The sword cut across the rat's chest as Ryford tore a deep gash along Henry's arm. About this time, Gregor's no had actually left his mouth, and his yell woke up most of the party. 
Riper grows up on his hind legs, bleeding, furious and terrifying to see. Henry looked weak and small by comparison. He could barely lift his sword with his injured arm. Lux and Aurora were instantly airborne. Ares flew straight for the rat. But Gregor got there first. He sprang between Riper and Henry with his arms spread out. Stop, he cried. Stop. Unbelievably, everyone paused. Gregor's guess, Gregor guessed this was the first time any of them had ever seen someone try to come between a fighting rat and a human. Their second of hesitation gave him just enough time to blurt out, anybody who wants to kill anybody else has to go through me first. Not particularly poetic, but it had the desired effect. No one wanted Gregor dead. Everyone knew the warrior was essential to the quest. Move, Overlander, the rat will kill us all, ordered Luxa, preparing to dive at Ripride. The rat was merely trying to sleep. Believe me, pup, if I had wanted to kill you, you would not have been able having this conversation, said Ripride. Do not waste your lies on us, Nar, said Luxa. Do you think we would believe your, your word over one of our own? It's true. He's telling the truth. He didn't start it. It was Henry, Gregor shouted. He was trying to kill Ripride in his sleep. Everyone turned to Henry, who spat back at them. Yes, and he would be dead now, were it not for the Overlander. Now there was confusion. Gregor could tell by the look on Lux's face she hadn't known about Henry's plan. She assumed Ryford had attacked first. She didn't know what to do next. Stop, Luxa, please, said Gregor. We can't afford to lose any more questers here. We have to stick together. He made up the word questers on the spot, and it seemed right. Luxa slowly descended to the ground, but stayed on Aurora's back. Ares hovered uncertainly in the air. Gregor wondered if the bat had known about Henry's plan, but if he had, why hadn't they attacked together from the air? It was so hard to tell what the bats were thinking. Gregor noticed for the first time that Temp and Tick were literally standing over the sleeping boots, shielding her. Gox still perched in the makeshift web she'd built at bedtime. It's over, Gregor said with authority he didn't know he possessed. Put down your sword, Henry. Riper, just, just sit down. It's over. Would they listen to him? Gregor didn't know, but he was determined to hold his ground. It was a long, tense moment. Then Riper lowered his lips back over his bared fangs and broke into a laugh. I will say this for you, warrior. You do not lack boldness. Henry let his sword clatter to the ground, which was no big concession since Gregor saw he could barely hold it. Or treachery, said, Gregor so said Henry softly. Gregor narrowed his eyes at Henry. You know where I come from? We don't think much of someone who sneaks up and stabs a person in their sleep. He's not a person. He's a rat, said Henry. If you cannot make the distinction, you may surely count yourself among the dead. Gregor held Henry's cold gaze. He knew that later he would think of several tough things he should have said to Henry, but he couldn't think of any now. Instead, he turned to Luxa and he said gruffly, we'd better patch them up. They weren't much better at first aid than they were at cooking, but Luxa at least knew what ointment to use. Gox turned out to be the biggest help of all. She spun a special web and instructed them to press handfuls of the silky threads into the injuries. In minutes, the bleeding on both Henry's arms and Riper's chest had stopped. While Gregor patted extra layers of silk onto Ripert's matted fur, the rat muttered, I suppose I ought to thank you. Forget about it, said Gregor. I only did it because I need you. He didn't want Ripert thinking they were friends or anything. Did you? I'm glad, said Ripert. I thought I detected in you a sense of fair play. Most dangerous in the underline, boy. Gregor wished everyone would just shut up about what was dangerous to him in the underline. The whole place was one big minefield. He ignored Ripert's command and continued to apply the spider web. Behind him, he heard Luxa whisper to Henry, Why did you not tell us? To keep you safe, Henry whispered back. Safe, thought Gregor. Right. Even if he got back to the Overland, Gregor didn't think he would ever feel safe again. You must not do this again, Henry, he heard Luxa say. You cannot take him alone. 
I could have if the overlander had not interfered, said Henry. No, the risk is too great, and we may have need of him, said Luxa. Let the rat be. Is that an order, your highness, asked Henry with a slight edge to his voice. If that is the only way you'll heed my advice, then yes, said Lux earnestly. Hold your sword until you better understand your condition. You speak most exactly like that old fool Vicus, said Henry. No, I speak as myself, said Lux stung, and as one who wishes us both to survive. The cousins realized their voices had risen to the point where everyone could hear them, so they stopped talking. In silence, Ripred resumed gnawing on the bone he'd been carrying around. The scraping grated on Gregor's nerves. Do you think you could stop that, please? He asked. No, actually, I can't, said Ripred. Rat's teeth continue to grow our entire lives, which necessitates gnawing to keep them as manageably, at a manageable length. If I didn't gnaw frequently, my lower teeth would soon grow through the top of my skull and puncture my brain and, alas, kill me. Glad, I asked, said Gregor, slapping the last piece of web on Ripred and leaning back against the cavern wall. So now what? Well, since obviously no one's going back to Dreamline, we may as well make tracks for your father, said Ripard, raising, rising to his feet. Gregor went to get boots. As soon as he touched her, he felt alarmed. Her face was burning like a furnace. Oh, no, he said helplessly. Hey, boots. Hey, little girl. He gently shook her shoulder. She whispered, whimpered something in her sleep, but didn't wake up. Luxa, something's wrong. Boots is sick, he said. Luxa laid her hand on Boots' forehead. She is she is fevered. She has caught some pestilence from the land of rats. Pestilence? Gregor hoped that he wasn't as serious as it sounded. Luxa dug through the vile solvent had left with them and held one up uncertainly. I think this is for fever. Riper took a sniff and wrinkled his nose. No, that kills pain. He buried his snout in the pack and rooted out a blue glass bottle. You need this one. Give her a few drops. She cannot handle more at her size. Gregor was reluctant to give her any of the strange medicine, but Boots was so hot. He slipped a few drops between her lips and thought she'd swallowed it. He tried to lift her up to put her in the pack, and she moaned in pain. He bit his lip. She can't ride with me. It hurts her. They laid Boots on a blanket on Temp's back. Gox spun a web to secure her to the shell. Gregor felt sick with worry. And eight will be left when we count up the dead. He couldn't lose Boots. He just couldn't. He had to get her home. He should have left her in regalia. He should never have agreed to the quest. If anything happens to Boots, it would be his fault.